Welcome Ajay to the fifth episode of Anthroposophy. It's been a while since we last talked, at least a month and a half or even more possibly. So welcome back. Let's do it. How have you been? Good. Good, Narayan. This is um, this has been, as you said, a, um, almost a month. We should do it a little more regularly. It's so much fun uh, recording this for ourselves and perhaps uh, people who like to listen. uh to what we have to discuss so that is a wonderful opportunity when we initially started it was mostly for us but apparently now people are starting to listen and i'm getting ping saying hey when is the next episode which surprises me <laughs> uh, it jolts me into oh, maybe we should do this uh, so here it is so last episode we ended with uh, a couple of chatter around uh, how startups pivot uh why do they pivot and what are the things that they consider while pivoting and i know at that point you were actively thinking about that as well uh, thoughts on the pivoting piece and what what you're personally sort of uh, doing in your startup pivoting as uh, the issue of pivoting is discussed at length by so many startup gurus and there obviously there is a category of startups who get uh, institutional funding and pivot means something very different for them than what bootstrap startups like ours what we mean by pivot even beyond sort of business uh, side of pivoting i think there's an emotional component too especially for bootstrap because lots of risk for a bootstrap company with a small team is lies in emotion and energy when we are energetic anything is possible uh we don't feel like we are small under 10 people kind of team it feels like we can win win the world but when we are not feeling that energy then it does feel insurmountable pivots or changes are also to preserve that energy so anything that i do not resonate very well and i can see a trajectory of that sapping energy out of me i would stay away from it even if let's say on paper that would be uh, a good idea to pursue because what i know is if i run out of energy then no matter how big the opportunity is and there are many there's tons of opportunities in different fields but if you don't feel uh, enthused about it you don't do it and so in some sense a micro pivots are also moving away from parts of your starting point let's say from 6 months ago which do not excite you that much and staying on uh, a subset of things that gets you up in the morning and you're excited about solving that problem for us i really think at the end of the day just thought of building a 3d replica of rooms from photos it just it just i cannot stop thinking about it and i feel no one has cracked this everybody sells some diluted version of it even like big companies like apple google they're not really solving the problem in its absolute form where the replica that they generate is truly a digital twin and wherever there is a digital twin there's so much machinery involved it's almost impossible for uh, even a mid-sized company to adopt it you have to have this hardware you have to buy nvidia right. gpu 
pivot i'm always pivoting almost always to this notion that my north star is i'm not moving too much away from my north stars as we learn new facts as we see some new results from the product we're thinking okay what does it what does it tell us then take the next best step while maintaining a good overlap uh, with the north star that we have set for ourselves so that's how i would describe pivot how about you, Nayan? How do you, how do you see the pivot uh, in your journey? So when I think about uh, pivots, the sound of it itself makes me nervous. I'm a uh, you know routine person. I I like like constants, but startup is anything but. So the word pivot itself gives me an allergic reaction. So it's been an interesting experience to sort of be a bit more open. I'm not quite sure I'm there yet, though, right? I think the luxury of being a bootstrap startup is that you have the ability to go uh, do what you want and not pivot based on other people's opinions. But at the same time, you also run the risk of staying in your comfort zone and saying, hey, you know what? This is a North Star. I'm not going to move away from it. So uh, that's the balance that is tough to strike, I think, especially when you're a bootstrap startup, where you do have the freedom, you have your comfort zone, and you are, you constantly want to go back to that saying, hey, I'm comfortable here. This is what I call my uh, foundation. I'll keep coming back to it. And my worry is that that might mask the fast-changing environment out there, which would have been better informed if it were an institutional startup where there are multiple voices uh, seeing it, talking to it, informing you. In the case of a bootstrap startup, I think that component is missing. And so you have to be ruthless in some way in not pivoting, but also in pivoting. So the balance, the striking that balance, I'm still learning it. I think it's, it's I'm still in the very comfortable comfort zone piece. And when uh, you say allergic, what, what do you mean allergic? Can you say a little bit more about what is that the concern that uh, of not being objective in making that decision? Is that the part that you're referring to as being allergic? Yeah, there are two or three things that come up whenever I think about pivot or whenever I have this discussion with the with the team, right? The first one is my own personal character, uh, which is anti-pivot. Uh, always. That's a very personal trait. Uh, the second piece, I think, especially in a bootstrap startup where there's limited resources, there's always things to do. Mm -hmm. And a pivot comes normally when you finish something and you say, now I can pivot. So whenever you bring this to the team, there's always this, oh, but we should finish this first, which also us as founders also think about. Right? It's like, hey, Otherwise, it's, you'll have a bunch of, you know, half-eaten foods all over the place. And that's not a pretty sight. Um, so that's the second impediment to pivot, I think. The third one was the cost of the pivot, which is not just unfinished work and the uncertainty of the pivot, but also the emotion and the, uh, and the, and the energy of the team is like, you've got to be very careful in pivoting. If you keep pivoting, there is a cost to that. There is a cost to that in terms of burnout, in terms of loss of trust, in terms of 
lack of direction or perception of lack of direction. Um, so there is a whole bunch of things and obviously depends on the startup team's composition. But it, even with all the best and the brightest, you still have these three issues, I think, which is your own personal trait, size of the startup demanding that you finish things, which pushes out the pivot. And three, the energy and the emotional element of pivots. Yeah, I think one thing that you said, I think about that myself, what would be different if you, when you have institutional funding and you have, it's not necessarily, there's no proof that that process necessarily leads to more durable outcome. If you think about it, all of this funding mumbo jumbo is last 15 years. We are yet to see really durable company coming out of it. Google is perhaps a big one. We don't, and the last chapter is not even written on many of these companies. And they might just be artificially boosted, like how Chinese economy has been for the last 30 years. And I think invariably, I feel it is a much better place to build something durable if it comes from a pure joy of creation from one or two or five people. I, I just have a faith that that would naturally create something. If this can survive the onslaught of anxiety, worry, financial load, they would invariably produce something awesome. It's like a novel that stood the test of time or a product that's just built with so much focus and love that the, its unique perspective it will start slow, but once it takes off, it is just done very well. With the committee, when people, they're not necessarily all on the same page for the problem. They're all sort of very transactional in where it needs to go. And if you if you have a car wash company, like if, you, if you're opening some uh, cash flow positive restaurants and stuff, there's not much that really needs to be invented. But like if you are really coming up with a new idea, I think the first few businesses that are solving, let's say in this case, a 3D modeling problem, they really have to think through how to do it well. Then the next 10 who's going to usurp these guys, they can do it very differently. But the first few has to be totally passion driven. And also I, I feel like I would not spend it iota of time in objectivity if it removes even half of an iota of my joy because I think <laughs> that is far more important than any outcome that will come tomorrow. I was also trying to imagine what a pivot is in the context of once you become realized or enlightened or you realize what you want or as you point out the joy of doing it for the sake. I don't quite know what pivot means in that <laughs> realm of so true. Yeah. What is it? It becomes meaningless at that point. Um, Your forced definition, almost. Yeah. Yeah. It it becomes a, a, a poof. It's gone. Sort of. You know the usual suspects dialogue. That's what flashed before me when you were. That is so true. No, you said it so right. You know, sometimes there's a need to explain every little movement. I was I was talking the other day about how there's an incessant need in our psychology to explain. And most times, most problems in life comes from that habit. Even benign things, we just need to explain it. Somehow categorize it, label it, explain it. You look at all the, like true entrepreneurs were like those back in the day, people who wrote the scriptures and 
people who wrote those things. I mean, this just you're you're struggling to put food on the table, and here you are just writing thoughts into a cohesive uh, narrative. But they did it, and in all of those circumstances, they didn't sit down and reasoned out why they are. They just did it because that's the only thing they could do. It was almost as if they had no choice. And I feel you can only do this really happily if you don't have any choice but to follow that pull. And to your point, then pivot is like, someday you just don't feel like doing what you did yesterday. (laughs) You can call it pivot or you're just like, okay, I'm taking a break from it. Maybe we'll revisit. You know, we ran out of our 40-minute free Zoom meeting. We are the cheapo podcasters. <laughs> but uh, it was interesting as we were trying to rejoin. Zoom seems to have implemented another customer acquisition trick, which is you can't start another 40-minute free call until you wait for up, eight minutes. Uh, until you wait for eight minutes. Uh, and of course, you can upgrade to a full year subscription at 10% off. Back to um, where we left off, Ajay, I think uh, we were on the topic of pivot and we were talking about how that sort of disappears when you sort of become one with the thing that you're trying to go achieve and you derive the utmost joy while doing it. The the meaning of pivot sort of gets nebulous and lost almost. Yeah, Um, That's where we were at. Yeah, and if you think about it in modern day, how do you ever find out the joy is yours or joy is some overlap with um, the current template the society has. But what we understand from parents, friends, like you and I influence each other. How much of what we experience joy is the dot product of our current state with these vectors? And I feel like the only place where you can cut out all these vectors and go for the one that is an inward compass is the two known situations. One is war, right? When you are in war, life and death, like it, it cuts out all the noise, which is why most people, most leaders for the society, they are forced actualized. If they survive the war, they literally learn the core of what makes us us. And those who die, obviously, they are not there to tell their story. But like that's forced on you, and which is why most of our leaders are from the, the people who went to war. I think for a peacetime world, entrepreneurship is like a forced war in some sense. You are on the basic level of validation, even your own self-worth, all of that becomes so extreme. I think that you could never have to worry about you have to worry about all the time and in that process you have a natural the, the vector reveals itself and how it reveals itself is when you're experiencing joy in that journey you should know that is the projection on your internal camp you may not observe it explicitly but you have to trust when you feel that joy in a problem that you solve or a thesis that you had in the morning and that truly reveals that overlap and i for one would trust that over everything even if like the entire world comes out and says this is not the proper way to do things i am experiencing joy now i might be wrong 
tomorrow. But who cares about in the end, everything is a wash. We have discussed this. How can I not, how can I move away from such visceral joy you feel in real time just so that tomorrow we are proven correct in some metric that you do not quite understand? Even if in the worst case scenario, I'm being naive totally. I still want to experience this. After all, why are we doing all this, right? Someday we experience joy, right? I mean, in the end, Bill Gates earned all this money and then he's sitting around on toilet commode and taking pictures. Like he wants to do something meaningful. And and so in that sense, pivots as, as we're discussing, pivots are essentially realizing the fluid nature of your inspiration sort of telling you that today you're moving in this direction. And if you let the inspiration guide you, it is guiding you someplace. And at times it will feel like we're going straight on I-5, but other times we just took an exit. If you're truly connected in that sense, and we shouldn't be worried about, if that's the truth we are following, we should not be worried about these things, no matter how uh, we name them. In the end, when we get somewhere, we get there happy and smiling. We're not waiting for somebody when we arrive for a clap and a trophy to make all that journey uh, meaningful. Yeah. You're sort of indicating the journey itself is the the process and the journey itself is is part of the enjoyment. And, and I, like, what I've also realized, like, even though like today is a very good day, right? Just I don't know why it is a good day, but it is a good day. Like even feeling this is such a privilege because there are days like yesterday or day before, it didn't feel the same way that it feels today. And I don't understand this. I really do not understand this. It's the same in a few days, nothing really changes that much. But there is something about an invisible hand of, of sort that, truly gets you in different modes on different days mm -hmm. and you can you can plow through many things you can you know, there's one way of sort of like being very disciplined and you got to be on those days when things are not exactly working out you discipline is the only way you carry but then there are days when it just feels awesome mm -hmm. it's like it's like you know when you're running and then maybe the fourth mile when every step and your breath are sort of matching there the, the rhythm perhaps we control we know it's going to happen on the on 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 the fourth mile but in this journey i think there is somewhat of an invisible hand that decides okay tuesday is the day uh -huh. i want it to be monday i want it to be every day but then the days when i cannot honestly say i feel the how i feel today and I have no uh, understanding of why that happens, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. And if, if there's any real evidence for me, for God or cosmos, it is this, because I want to feel this way every moment, but I don't control that part of life. Interesting. A very philosophical bent on the pivot, uh, what our conversations turn to, uh, even if it starts in entrepreneurship. In the context of pivot again, where does one draw the line between an arrogant entrepreneur and a shrewd entrepreneur in the context of pivot? I think there's a perhaps a third category, <laughs> which I would say one who has surrendered. Hmm. I don't, I actually, I 
don't really want to be even shrewd entrepreneur. Arrogant, definitely not. I mean, if you have arrogance in this journey, there's something you cannot, when you go past third year in bootstrap, you cannot be arrogant. There is no way on earth you can remain arrogant and can still go on because there's nothing for you. The arrogance part of you is not fed. It will die in that three years. So just atrophy. There's just, there's no oxygen for arrogance. The shrewd part is a real thing, which is like, are you methodically looking at the right opportunities? And to be honest with you, what you think is what you become. I want to be surprised by this journey. And I don't at one time consider many different truths. You just hang on to one truth and just stick with it. And my truth in this is, what would happen? The magical part of this is, what would happen if I naively, happily accept all of the internal compass? If the internal compass is the only thing that is going to matter in this, where would I end up? And that part is, it's not even about shrewdness and tactics, just about inspiration guiding me through this. And so in, in that respect, I would say this is a, a different category altogether, right? Which is like how in our mythology, in our culture, we would go out to discover ourselves. And that journey is nothing like shrewdness at all. This is like the most crude way to find yourself. It is in that sense the only thing that perhaps I would say is you are ruthless about doing whatever you need to do to take one more step. And, and you are totally forgiving in terms of the pain and intermediate setbacks and all of that happens because, you know, you just, you're not expecting anything. You just get there and see, okay, oh, this is where I am today. You know, what happens tomorrow? So. So I would say shrewd, and shrewd is not even like I, I, the attribute that I would go for in, in myself at all. Now, one belief that I have is, and this is again, not right and wrong. Anyone who sticks to a truth has a revelation that is by design, like by induction, is going to be unique. And if we know anything about this world, is anything unique in terms of how society functions gets rewarded enormously any unique story unique person if you are truly going and taking your time to find yourself that would lead to an unique outcome and that outcome even by simple analysis will give disproportionate outcome of one what kind i don't know but some kind so many things flashed when you mentioned mythology and uh and the culture, you know, the different stages in life, you know, Brahmacharyam, Vanaprastham, this sort of talks to the, hey, going into the jungle and discovering yourself is Vanaprastham. You actually head off into the forest and actually go discover yourself. This is what happens. And this in some way sort of feels like it, right? Which is like, hey, there is a wild, wild west, different kinds of animals, different trees, different paths. Uh, there's a well-trodden path. But you're you're coming at it from left field where it's like I'm hacking away the branches. I'm <laughs> and bootstrapping is kind of like that is like you go fix this, you go fix that, and then and it's interesting you mentioned that there is the maybe arrogance is not the right word, but the extremely sure entrepreneur. Yeah, I know what it is, entrepreneur. Uh, to the you know, shrewd entrepreneur, which is like I don't quite know, but I'll uh, I'll be the water and flow into gaps. 
And then there is the third kind, as you mentioned, which is more around here. I'm the surrendered entrepreneur, where you sort of give yourself to the journey. What the journey is really is who you are. And at the end of it, you are in a unique spot because that's a journey that not too many people take. And in which case, pivots again become very meaningless. In this context, what does a pivot even mean? Right? It's, a, it's a journey, it's a self-realization opportunity, uh, it's discovering yourself. Pivots happen when you're external, when there are external forces. Some fancy <laughs> word to explain to the board, you know, I, <laughs> so that we are all on the same page because it is for like any established person in established company is on the board of a startup. Even like, I think some of the problems that we face, Narayan, I don't think it's even a resource problem. In fact, if we had too much resource and we had hired like a lot of people, it would be gyrating. People would go crazy because in the end, building something unique like the product market fit idea, it is a creative destruction. Most things we do, we throw away. And then sometimes we go and check out in the graveyard. Oh, that one thing that <laughs> like two years ago, oh, that might actually work again. Like it's such a noisy process that if you do it with too many people, which funding, a lot of funding effort, it's actually not a good thing because then you might even get a product market fit looking situation. Like Zoom is a good example we started with. Like Zoom just hit the stratosphere given what the circumstances were in 2021 uh, with, with the pandemic. Is it a true product market fit or was it like, I mean, it's a great product and we still use them. But like there is a notion of in order to find a golden product market fit that will take the company to heights. Smaller team are always preferred. You need definitely need resources for even for a small team. Yeah. But too much resource might not actually help in that journey, even with like traditional idea of pivots, because that means change in momentum and everybody sort of gets worried. And so for the board to understand what the hell you're doing, <laughs> like we can, we can explain our gyrations by saying, hey, we just pivoted. Well, we thought we were going to uh, talk about another topic, another meaty topic called customer acquisition, which we both are struggling with. Maybe yeah. we should park that for the next, yeah. uh, next episode of podcast and we promise we'll come back. Uh, a bit earlier than uh, a month or two this time. Yes, yes. So and we'll discuss um, customer acquisition and all yeah. the, we'll tell you how we are, what we are doing and how we are struggling. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, doing and struggling. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Wow. Anyway, wonderful, wonderful chat uh, as always. It always turns philosophical, which is what this podcast is about. This is not entrepreneurship 101 this is not uh this is not here are the step-by-step -step guides to make your startup a success we are not the people to listen to <laughs> absolutely not uh, it's about the trials and tribulations and how your mind works and how your mind accepts and wanders yeah our thesis i mean we should tell our listeners if our thesis is if you just stay the course the outcomes will take care of itself the, the problem is, can you stay, do you trust your instincts so much that you're going to stake everything on your instinct? We pay the price for trusting our instinct. Yeah. Until you have 
I think we had discussed that in in the uh, second episode. episode. If you haven't paid the price for trusting your instinct, you really don't know that what you call your instincts are truly your instincts. They just maybe have a hunch for it. So uh, we are on the journey where we pay the price for what we believe in. Yeah. And we happily pay for it. That is the that is the key concept we are going after. Yeah. So stay with us. We'll tell you as we. <laughs> <laughs> we Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And no, no embellishments. Do your duty and, uh, yes. and the results will take care of itself. The, the Bhagavad Gita or the Sanatana Dharma principle. Great. Always a pleasure, uh, Ajay. Thank, thanks so much. We'll come back again in the next episode talking about uh, uh, customer acquisition. We yes. won't cover it in this episode, but Pivot took, took all of it. So <laughs> next time. And if people want to know something else, they'll uh, uh, let us know, right? Uh, if there are some topics that they want to discuss, they're, they, they're more interested in. Perhaps we'll, we'll talk about that as well, right? Absolutely. We'll put our philosophical spin to it, which we cannot avoid. We thought we'll, we'll do a fun, personally speaking, snapshot of how we are actually doing and feeling. This is like literally bearing our true selves and, and saying uh, saying how we feel and how we are. Ajay, uh, do you want to do you want to give a quick uh, temporal snapshot? I think today is the kind of day that is the total high point. As I said in somewhere um, in our discussion, right? This just feels very good. Feels very good, and not in terms of any outcome. It is as clear as any outcome, like cash in the hand, would feel. Uh, I cannot explain how debilitating it is when I lose this, and I do lose it. And I, all I can do is wait for another Tuesday or maybe the next day. But I feel awesome. I feel great. I feel extremely excited about what we are building. We had some set faults in the new modules that we released. And other day, would I would have felt scared looking at it, right? That, you know, some of these things we have been doing for multi-year now and debugging is not that easy psychological exercise we got some uh, meetings lined up on um, on the business side as well uh, from the furniture rental companies these are the high points and right. again you want this to be more often but that's the magic of this you you cannot expect what tomorrow will bring so very good day you feel the joy of uh, what we do on these days uh, but you are, you know, being the experienced bootstrappers that we are, we also know this is, if it was yesterday or it is tomorrow, we might not say the same thing. How about you, Naran? Personally speaking, today is, a, is an okay day. But there, there is a balancing act here where the team is gelling well together, which always brings me joy. And I see, you know, um, folks in college and folks just out of college with all their passion, staying late and working through problems and actually cracking it. And then you get this message saying, I cracked it. You know, it gives me so much joy. I think even that bit of joy is such a boon that, that we get on this journey. So that was the positive side. Now, when you get messages like this at random times in India to three o'clock at night and where you have to sort wow. of put out saying, please go to sleep, right? Uh, so that's that's the high point. The other side of the coin is, is the topic that we'll talk next podcast episode is around customer acquisition. It, it's a beast, especially when we think about direct-to-consumer products, especially for a, a novice entrepreneur like, like me who hasn't played the 
consumer angle to learning the ropes and it's not easy. You get a lot of signups, but we don't quite know what that even means. Uh, does it mean that people are checking out, window shopping, uh, actually using it? We are in that journey and that 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 causes me concern and sleepless nights. I'm sure it does for many entrepreneurs like the two of us. Yeah. So good side and bad side, personally speaking, those were the two big points. Let's take this topic forward next time when we discuss and we we discuss in detail what that means. Thanks, Ajay. Thanks a lot. Bye. 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 Bye.